Hi, this is Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 31 of The Life of David Brainerd by Jonathan Edwards. Lord's Day, September 15. Visited the chief of the Delawares again. Was kindly received by him and discoursed to the Indians in the afternoon, still entertained hopes that God would open their hearts to receive the gospel, though many of them in the place were so drunk from day to day that I could get no opportunity to speak to them. Toward night, discoursed with one who understood the languages of the six nations, as they are usually called, who discovered an inclination to hearken to Christianity, which gave me some hope that the gospel might hereafter be sent to those nations far remote. September 16, spent the forenoon with the Indians, endeavoring to instruct them from house to house and to engage them as far as I could to be friendly to Christianity. Toward night, went to one part of the town where they were sober, got together near 50 of them, and discoursed to them, having first obtained the king's cheerful consent. There was a surprising attention among them, and they manifested a considerable desire of being further instructed. There were also one or two that seemed to be touched with some concern for their souls, who appeared well pleased with some conversation in private after I had concluded my public discourse to them. My spirits were much refreshed with this appearance of things, and I could not but return with my interpreter, having no other companion in this journey, to my poor hard lodgings, rejoicing in hopes that God designed to set up his kingdom here, where Satan now reigns, in the most eminent manner, and found uncommon freedom in addressing the throne of grace for the accomplishment of so great and glorious a work. September 17, spent the forenoon in visiting and discoursing to the Indians. About noon, left Shamoking, most of the Indians going out this day on their hunting design, and traveled down the river southwestward. Juncauta, September 1745. September 19, visited an Indian town called Juncauta, situate on an island in the Susquehanna. Was much discouraged with the temper and behavior of the Indians here, although they appeared friendly when I was with them the last spring and then gave me encouragement to come and see them again. But they now seemed resolved to retain their pagan notions and persist in their idolatrous practices. September 20, visited the Indians again at Juncauta Island and found them almost universally very busy in making preparations for a great sacrifice and dance. 
had no opportunity to get them together in order to discourse with them about Christianity by reason of their being so much engaged about their sacrifice. My spirits were much sunk with a prospect so very discouraging, and especially seeing I had this day no interpreter but a pagan who was as much attached to idolatry as any of them and who could neither speak nor understand the language of these Indians, so that I was under the greatest disadvantages imaginable. However, I attempted to discourse privately with some of them, but without any appearance of success. Notwithstanding, I still tarried with them. In the evening, they met together, nearly a hundred of them, and danced around a large fire. Having prepared ten fat deer for the sacrifice, the fat of the inwards they burnt in the fire while they were dancing, which sometimes raised the flame to a prodigious height, at the same time yelling and shouting in such a manner that they might easily have been heard two miles or more. They continued their sacred dance nearly all night, after which they ate the flesh of the sacrifice and so retired each one to his own lodging. I enjoyed little satisfaction, being entirely alone on the island as to any Christian company. And in the midst of this idolatrous revel and having walked to and fro till body and mind were pained and much oppressed, I at length crept into a little crib made for corn and there slept on the poles. Lord's Day, September 21, spent the day with the Indians on the island. As soon as they were well up in the morning, I attempted to instruct them and labored for that purpose to get them together, but soon found they had something else to do. For near noon, they gathered together all their powwows, or conjurers, and set about half a dozen of them playing their juggling tricks and acting their frantic, distracted postures in order to find out why they were then so sickly upon the island, numbers of them being at that time disordered with a fever and bloody flux. In this exercise, they were engaged for several hours, making all the wild, ridiculous, and distracted motions imaginable, sometimes singing, sometimes howling, sometimes extending their hands to the utmost stretch and spreading all their fingers. They seemed to push with them as if they designed to push something away or at least keep it off at arm's end sometimes stroking their faces with their hands, then spurting water as fine as mist, sometimes sitting flat on the earth, then bowing down their faces to the ground, then wringing their sides as if in pain and anguish, twisting their faces, turning up their eyes, grunting, puffing, etc., their monstrous actions tended to excite ideas of horror and seemed to have something in them, as I thought, peculiarly suited to raise the devil 
if he could be raised by anything odd, ridiculous, and frightful. Some of them I could observe were much more fervent and devout in the business than others, and seemed to chant, peep, and mutter with a great degree of warmth and vigor, as if determined to awaken and engage the powers below. I sat at a small distance, not more than 30 feet from them, though undiscovered, with my Bible in my hand, resolving, if possible, to spoil their sport and prevent their receiving any answers from the infernal world, and there viewed the whole scene. They continued their hideous charms and incantations for more than three hours until they had all wearied themselves out although they had, in that space of time, taken several intervals of rest, and at length broke up, I apprehended, without receiving any answer at all. <clears throat> After they had done powwowing, I attempted to discourse with them about Christianity, but they soon scattered and gave me no opportunity for anything of that nature. A view of these things, while I was entirely alone in the wilderness, destitute of the society of anyone who so much as named the name of Christ, greatly sunk my spirits and gave me the most gloomy turn of mind imaginable, almost stripped me of all resolution and hope respecting further attempts for propagating the gospel and converting the pagans and rendered this the most burdensome and disagreeable Sabbath which I ever saw. But nothing, I can truly say, sunk and distressed me like the loss of my hope respecting their conversion. This concern appeared so great and seemed to be so much my own that I seemed to have nothing to do on earth if this failed. A prospect of the greatest success and the saving conversion of souls under gospel light would have done little or nothing toward compensating for the loss of my hope in this respect. And my spirits now were so damped and depressed that I had no heart nor power to make any further attempts among them for that purpose and could not possibly recover my hope, resolution, and courage by the utmost of my endeavors. The Indians of this island can, many of them, understand the English language considerably well, having formerly lived in some part of Maryland, among or near the white people, but are very drunken, vicious, and profane, although not so savage as those who have less acquaintance with the English. Their customs, in various respects, differ from those of the other Indians upon this river. They do not bury their dead in a common form, but let their flesh consume above the ground in close cribs made for that purpose. At the end of a year, or sometimes a longer space of time, they take the bones, when the flesh is all consumed, and wash and scrape them, and afterward bury them with some ceremony. Their method of 
charming or conjuring over the sick seems somewhat different from that of the other Indians, though in substance the same. The whole of it among these and others, perhaps, as an imitation of what seems, by Naaman's expression, Second Kings 5.11, to have been the custom of the ancient heathen. It seems chiefly to consist in their striking their hands over the diseased, repeatedly stroking them, and calling upon their god, except the spurting of water like a mist, and some other frantic ceremonies common to the other conjurations, which I have already mentioned. This concludes episode 31 of Jonathan Edwards, The Life of David Brainerd. <laughs>